My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream. I'm gonna move to Chicago. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be John Belushi. Look out, world. I talk with the people who make their living in the competitive world of entertainment. That's actually probably the most accurate description of my <laughs> career is that I'm a hype man for comedy. Special thanks to Phil Ranton, the Comedy Podcast Network. I'm, I am a total communist punk rock kid. <laughs> like, I'm, like, just left of, of Lennon. Like, I... <laughs> Artwork by Tom Burns, original music by Diana Lawrence. You know, that's all, that's all a relationship is, is just wearing them down. If you have questions about the show or suggestions for who I should interview, feel free to send me an email. It's livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. If you lower the bar, if you just, if you bury the bar under the dirt, uh-huh. you can surprise people from time to time. <laughs> Please give us a rating on iTunes. Give us a review. If you can become a fan of facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. It takes a few seconds out of your day, but it helps me out a lot. I really appreciate it. Like, I know I, I have to do this. Like, if I don't do this now, I'll be, I'll go crazy. This is episode number 28, the man behind the popular podcast, The Poor Choices Show, Mr. Mark Cullum. Living the dream, my name is Rich, I'm here with Mark Cullum, the uh, producer, executive producer, talent, um... That word, don't use the T word or Okay, me. well, fair enough, you are, you are uh, the, you are Poor Choices podcast. Uh, that's, uh, now I am, yeah. Yeah, yeah so you're the guy. I don't know. You're, you're I'm everything. not a guy. I'm a yeah. I'm the moron with the microphones. That's all. <laughs> I just I I spent a couple a couple bucks, and that's that's you know my only qualification. Well, I mean, I I would dare to say that I'm exactly in the same boat you are. Right, so and you're do, you're you're doing it better. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you you've are. got 134 episodes, I think. It's just that's the what is it the the onion call it the t- uh, or not the onion call the show but they that onion book the tenacity of the cockroach. Uh huh. It's like I don't. It's it, it's not quitting. It's not that I'm doing well. It's just I was like, well, what else am I gonna what, do? Just keep doing. But like, it, it fascinates me because well, first of all, I should say that like every time I do a pot, like the whole crux of this show is it's people who make a living right entertainment and I don't make any money. Do that's why I want to ask you. I'm like like I am I'm. Broke, <laughs> like I'm a poor person. That's totally fair. Uh, well, and most people of- have paid me not to perform. I've probably made more money to to for, like, hey man, we'll give you twenty bucks, just go home. Wow, that's you no, should. That's, that's never happened, but I feel that you should tour the country, not touring. That's actually been my plan uh, this summer. Coming, uh, Mark Cullum on yeah. the no tour. Yeah, your local Arby's. I love it. Uh, but no, but the, uh, I was I've been listening to your podcast recently, which I just discovered. Thank you so much. Uh, thank it's a good podcast. It's it's oh. uh, particularly because I'm on a cruise ship and it's lonely. So like when I listen to podcasts, I feel like I have friends. That's how I feel about podcasts. Like I think my best friends are the guys that do the giant bombcast. There you go. I've never met them. That's okay. Um, but I want to write them letters. Sure. And I, I mean I think that's what being a fan of someone is. But. Uh, but in one of your your episodes, you were you were talking with uh, Tim Baltz, and you were talking about basketball for like the first I don't know, f- f- 10, 15 minutes. Way maybe. too long. But you said at one point you said, "Hey, it's my podcast. I can do what I want." Yeah. And I thought about that. And it's like I I want to keep the integrity of my podcast, but at the same time, if I really want to interview someone who I think would be an interesting interview, and they don't make a living as an entertainer. I'm going to do it. Right. So that's why you're on. Oh, uh, okay. So you better be interested. Well, I, I would never use integrity and podcast together. I feel like that's <laughs> that's your first... If I've learned anything is that I have no integrity. Uh, what do you... What do you... I'll suck your dick. What do you want? Well, no. All right. No, that's not true. Uh, um, 
gross. No, it's fine. You can say whatever you want on my podcast, and it's fine because I think my mom learns something new every podcast. I'm sorry, Mrs. I always do that when I'm on shows. I'm sorry, Mrs. Baker. Whoever's mom's on the show, I'm constantly like, I do another show uh, with my lady friend, Mel Evans, and I'm always just, I'm sorry, Mrs. Evans, because my parents have given up hope on me, uh, so I can't offend them anymore. There you so go. So I just assume everyone else's parents are like that. So I'm totally, sorry. It's totally fine. I'm sorry, Mrs. Baker. You, you should, you should, don't uh, apologize. It makes it interesting. Your son's lovely. Uh, great. It's, uh, so you started the Poor Choices podcast uh, over a year ago. Uh, actually, like uh, two years. Now. Two years. Yeah. Now. Wow. Yeah. And what gave you the impetus to start it? Um, well, I loved like because I worked on ships, and I I really got into podcasts when I worked on ships. I started, and you worked as a camera guy, right? Yeah, I was a videographer. Great. And uh, and I had really fallen in love with podcasts when I moved to Chicago. I didn't have any friends, you know, so. I would just listen to podcasts on the train and stuff, and and all these LA podcasts, uh, you know, comedy Death Ray, all the Scott Ackerman stuff and Earwolf stuff at the time, and then they didn't really seem like there was a New York equivalent, and there was there was Ruby Streaks podcast, and then that stopped, and she was the music director at Second City. Yeah. Uh, and then a couple other people had done some things. Arnie Neekamp was doing a show, Stupid, Stupid Nerd, Nerd, which that was, I love. Yeah. Like Arnie, Arnie's uh, in my mind is the it, Arnie and, and Ruby are the the Godfathers, but also uh, Seth Whiteberg was doing a show, the Chicago Sessions. Yeah, that I really yeah, liked. yeah. And then that stopped. So I was going through Five Bs, and my friend and I, Matt Owens. Uh, we're like hanging out and doing that thing. We're like, we should do a show. We should do videos. We should like, let's, you know, and you're like. <laughs> Every improviser and their friend does in Chicago. Right. right. And the laziest thing we could think of was, and I had done a podcast on a boat, me and a buddy, where we were just like updates from the cruise ship. Sure. Uh, just to goof around. And so I was like, well, we could do a podcast. Yeah. Uh, and then it was just like, let's invite our friends to dick around. And then <laughs> all of a sudden I figured out that I actually love asking people questions. Yeah. I love it. I love conversation. Right? Well, and you, you're a really good interviewer. At least, I mean, I've only heard like five or six of your podcasts, but I'm like, I think, and someone else told me this, the mark of a good interviewer is someone who can speak as little as possible and get their subject to talk as much as possible. I say this while rambling no, a lot. You're good. You're just saying. You gotta, because that's the thing. You're always, you know, like, you know, especially improvisers want to talk. Yeah. Comedians want to talk. It's our natural, our, you know, our natural uh, kind of mode. So you kind of, I always have my research and my questions, and then more than happy to kind of diverge, but always come back and have reset questions. Like, four things that I know I can always come back to and reset the conversation. Right. So, was the point uh, just, you just wanted to interview people who you thought were interesting and improvisers? No, it was more like we just wanted to have our friends on and goof around, and and there was... uh, Matt had done a show in Seattle uh, that was real goofy, and I can't remember the name of that. Uh, but we just wanted to have fun because we were friends with a lot of people. You know, it's the improv community, and you're friends with a lot of really funny people. And we're like, oh, we'll just have friends on and, and goof and, and act silly. And it was called Poor Choices, and originally we were just going to ask people about dumb stories. And then I started, I think I, a lot of it was I like, had started listening to Mark Marin's WTF and the Kevin Pollock show. And I was like, oh, well, it's always the people they have on are always at the kind of either the peak uh, of their career, the zenith of the career, or the, the, the end. But what if we interview people at the dawn of the career? Like, when it's starting? Like, how, like, if you could go back and hear Mike Nichols go like, uh, you know, we're, you know, I've got uh, I've got an offer for this movie, or, you know, and like, hear people it, it like, day two of their career? Yeah. Like that, and have this time capsule of everything. Like, that would, that, to me, thought, like, oh, that would be great. Yeah. So that's what it is to me. 
now. That's what it, that's what it's become. But it was totally just dick, do- dick jokes initially. Well, I mean, I think a lot of things start out as dick jokes. My relationship started out as a dick joke, so, you know. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. And that's, it's she kind of funny, spoke. through this, through podcasting, and uh, you you started a pod, a second podcast, An Hour With Your Ex, right. with Mel, right. and the, the title's a bit uh, misleading. Sure. Because you're not exes. Not yet. Not well, till she's going to wise up. <laughs> when you... I put a little poison in her drink every day, Rich. It's, well, then she'll just get used to it. <laughs> Mm, no, no, she knows. Okay, fair enough. Uh, uh, but you started that when yeah. you were not a couple. Yeah. And through that became a couple. Yeah, I, I, I am terrified of human contact. Like, that's the <laughs> joke. Like, I can't. Everybody goes, oh, but you do this interview shit. Like, I, I hate talking to people in the real world. Uh, like, in an uncontrolled environment. I'm socially awkward. I say the wrong things. I can't ask girls out on dates. I don't think I've ever... So in lieu of asking, I've wanted to go out on a date with, with Mel forever. Like, I've had a crush on her. Like, I joke, like, two years ago, like, at, at DCM, I did that improv thing where you hit on somebody, like, by going, like, hey, good show. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and it took me two years to create a sham podcast, so I did, I could, in lieu of asking her on a date. That is amazing. Yeah. You start a podcast and got a girl. Yep. There's a lot of nerds out there that if they were listening to this, which they're not, but if they were, they'd be like, that, oh man, you're going to see the internet sprout off of like a thousand new podcasts. Yeah, so you just, yeah, create a fake podcast and get like six friends to listen to it and convince her that people are emailing, um, and then just wear it down, <laughs> wear it down. You know, that's all, that's all a relationship is, is just wearing them down. It really, uh, it really is. We could, we could talk about that forever, but uh, yeah. we know it's true. Uh, <laughs> Wiener Talk with Rich Baker. You gotta love it. So, uh, you moved to Chicago to be an improviser. You're right. And then, when? how long ago did you move to Chicago? So I got off, I got off ships in, like, January of, uh, 08. Mm-hmm. Like, the end of January. I went home, and I knew, like, I'd finished my last contract, and I was, like, saved a little bit of coin, and I was like, I'm gonna move to Chicago, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be John Belushi, look out, world! Uh, and I no. I mean, I just love movies and comedy. I love it. Yeah. But I didn't, I never, I never really done open mics or anything. And I was just like, well, I'll just do it. And Boot Chicago didn't know anybody like a lot of us, you know, had. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, very quickly met a friend of yours, Andrew Hamer. Right. Uh, and he like, he kind of looked after me, got, uh, met him first day level one. And he, he really helped me. Like I, I would I'll attribute a lot of me sticking around Chicago to Andrew. Andrew wow. like totally helped me out and looked after me a lot. So I've got a, I got a lot of love for the hammers. Oh, yeah. I hope he's listening. I'll, I'll we'll bug him. I'll I'll just, I'll just make him. I'll just be like, okay. you gotta have to listen to this. Yeah. So I would say yeah, Andrew's uh, I, I any, any any me I wanted to move away uh, quite a few times and Andrew would kind of uh, talk me back into staying. Mm. So. Oh wow. Yeah. And then he left. Right. Which I when he moved away I was like crestfallen because <laughs> like our our team broke up. And I was like, it was my only improv. They were the only people nice enough to let me ruin their improv team. Because I'm a horrible improviser. I'm the worst improviser. You say that. I but... totally am, dude. Okay, I'm no I mean, good. I can only take your word for it. I've never seen you. You can ask. Ask Mur- Murdoch's actually improvised with me. And he'll be like, yeah, Mark's not. You do that thing where you're like, oh, he's all right. But he's such a bad improviser. I'm so terrible at it. But I love it. Did you improvise at all before Chicago? No. Did you move to Chicago thinking... I was going to be... Well, I had always, my, since I was 12, uh, I just wanted to make a movie. That's all I ever thought I wanted to do. Okay. And I figured, oh, if I, if I'm closer to comedy, like, 
then I'll be close. Like, that. at least I can kind of, like, backdoor my way in. And I'll meet all these comedians or whatever. Somebody's got to hold the camera, right? Yeah, that absolutely. Was the right? That's, so that was my total thing is, like, you know, I could. I was like, oh, I'll be, like, you know, Peyton Reed. And he did a lot. Of, he directed a lot of Mr. Show or uh. Scott Ackerman. These guys that kind of are on the fringes of comedy but are totally part of it but are not, like, the comedians. Yeah, people that most people, most average Q public is not going to know their name. Sycophants, I think, is the... That's my biggest fear, is that, like, I'm just this, like, guest at the party that no one wants. Are you the guy that hangs out with a rapper on stage but isn't actually rapping? I'm a hype man. That's actually probably the most accurate description of my career, is that I'm a hype man for comedy. So, I didn't know that was a term. I'm glad you just taught me. I do, yeah. I hype, love the hype man. Yeah. I, I dig it. it. Yeah, so I'm the, I'm the Flav of Flav uh, to Chicago's uh, 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 Chuck D. Was there, like, a particular movie growing up that you were like, I want to make the next this? Uh, I told I this it sounds super goofy. I, uh, I remember seeing Pulp Fiction when I was 12 in the theaters, mm -hmm. and the Bonnie situation, the last piece of that movie, Yeah. once that ended and the credits hit, it says, written directed by Quentin Tarantino, or directed by Quentin Tarantino, written by Tarantino and Avery. Uh, I just went, oh, okay, that's it. That's what I want to do with my life. And then, like, I got in the car. My mom picked me up because she would just drop me off at movies. And I said, oh, I want to make a movie. And then I saw Clerks, like, two months later, it felt like. And I was like, oh, you can do that. Yeah. Like, I, there's no way I could make Star Wars. There's no way I could make Pulp Fiction. But I could probably make Clerks. You could make a Clerks. Right? You can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easily. I could make Clerks. Not, like, not nah. to say that Clerks is a bad movie. No, because I... I love like I I you can you can say you can curse. It's no, okay. I you I, just yeah. stopped yourself. But. I I fucking love I like you Clerks can. was the jam for me, and now not so much with Kevin Smith. He's kind of uh, worn out my goodwill, which bums me out because I really want to because like now like we're doing the same thing me and Kevin Smith, you know? Yeah. But, uh, which is kind of a bummer. But you know what? At least for me, like I saw an evening with Kevin Smith. Yeah. And that was interesting to me. Like, I loved watching just him talk about his life. He's this great orator. But I don't want, I don't like his movies anymore. Right. That's it. That's it. That is exactly it. I don't <laughs> want to, I haven't seen Red State. I don't want to see Red State. My brother, it's on Netflix. I could watch it at any time. We keep every, like, my brother and I like, let's watch a movie. We will not watch Red State. And I don't know what that's about. Well, you know, because probably because you don't want to see your hero that much more fallen. That's true. I don't, yeah, I think, like... Woody Allen never made Jersey Girl, right? Like that. There's no. I mean, I there's some. Not. There's <laughs> some. You know, people, small time crooks, people of bad mouth. But I think you know, in spite of Helen Hunt, it's still a good Woody Allen movie. Sure, it's yeah. So you wanted to make movies. Did you go to like a film school or anything? Uh, well, I again, my entire life is about like being half measures, like getting <laughs> you know, like what what's the least <laughs> I could do. Uh, so I went to like a I got a broadcasting degree, basically digital media degree. And worked in news. Like I think you and I have a, exactly the same life. Yeah, we the more both we've talked. News, news right out of college, yeah. and then uh, well, you went to cruise ships first, and I went later. Yeah, but uh, did you have you made like a lot of movies? In... I made a lot of sh like well, because like on the cruise ship, the 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 kind of cool thing about the cruise ship was is that I was this dumb kind of hick for lack of <laughs> a white trash kid from Sacramento basically, and. Uh, and so I got this education in the world. I lived with these people from South Africa and Australia, and I traveled all over the place, and I got to shoot all over the world, and I had to edit every single day. Every single day, I, I would edit probably four minutes of finished content. Wow. So I got pretty good with Final Cut, 
yeah. in a way that I never would have in school or professionally, you would have had to like intern for a really long time. So they just left us alone. So I inadvertently figured out how to use cameras and, and kind of developed an eye for shooting and editing uh, because it's just super fun. I love editing. I think that's the best. That's uh, that's amazing. That that's uh, I hate editing. Oh, really? Uh, just being in a, I had a project when I was in college where I edited for like a, a music video, and I think it was in there for a, a clock like 78 hours. Yeah, right? And I, I was like, I didn't see the sun, and sure. I, I was scratching yeah. myself. You're like, Gollum. But you like that. I love it. I love it. Good for you. I, yeah, the only thing I don't like is like doing Photoshop. But every other program, it's super nerdy, but yeah. That, that, that's nothing nerdy. That's amazing. Garage band, any audio production, I love doing video production, editing, uh, shooting. I've, I've recently started really loving to shoot and direct. Okay. I used to not feel comfortable doing that, but now editing is totally, uh, but that's kind of now shooting's become a real thing for me, like playing with lenses and stuff. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Eric, so, Okay. Let's let's go back to you. You moved to Chicago. Yeah. You want to be uh, in comedy. Sure. And how was it improv that called out to you? I just knew that like I was like I need to learn how to be on stage. Okay. Because I'd never been on stage, so it was like okay, I'll go to I O. That seems the most I I had I hadn't even seen a show there. <laughs> the first show improvised show I ever saw was felt at the student orientation. Oh, wow. So I, like, I didn't see sex annoyance, anything. So I just went, and I was like, well, I know I, I have to do this. Like, if I don't do this now, I'll be, I'll go crazy. And uh, so, yeah, I signed up and did all through, uh, I finished all of I.O., and they were like, you are awful. <laughs> you shouldn't, what are you doing here? And they're like, you shouldn't be on a team. So I didn't get on a team, and, like, the week I didn't get on a team, I also, like, didn't make a playground audition. I was just like, ah. Uh. I shouldn't be doing this. I'm going to kill myself, Rich. No, well, yeah. I'm glad you didn't. No, there's still time. That's how this story there. ends. I don't spoil alert. Gunshot. Oh, man, if you kill yourself on my podcast, I'll probably get ratings. Right? That'd be good. At least three people. It'd listen. be real weird for me to be editing that gunshot over and over and be like, well, do I add sound effects or, you know, do I Reverb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did, why Chicago? Why not New York or L.A. or, or some other place? Because I... Growing up in California, and I never really liked Southern California, and New York was really expensive. Yeah. Uh, and I, I knew about UCB and everything, but I was just like, everyone that I loved, like Mike, like Mike Myers, like I loved Wayne's World. I, you know, in obviously people's opinions of Mike Myers has, has changed quite a bit, as is mine, but I loved it. I loved, and Adam McKay and all the writers on Saturday Night Live, it, had all done time at Second City. So it just said, like, to me, it was like, well, if you want to do this, that's where you have to go. Yeah. In Chicago, was a stand-up everything? You were like, well, maybe I'll try my hand at stand-up. Or did you? Um, I keep going. I, people keep trying to make me do that. And I've got jokes. Like, I've written a lot of stand-up, but I'm too much of a pussy to do it. So if you listen to the podcast, I actually do some of my written bits, but oh, yeah? I just drop them into conversation. Oh, nice. So that's totally, like, I'm such a wimp. You know, I was going into a bar the other day. Somebody, yeah, exactly. Somebody's like, There uh, happened to be a rabbi next to me. <laughs> so there's, uh, yeah, and I ruined my show by doing my weird bits. Oh, God, you have such a negative attitude. It's killing me. It's great. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's honest, because then it, here's the thing. If you lower the bar, if you just, if you bury the bar under the dirt, uh-huh. You can surprise people from time to time. <laughs> How much you jump over it? Right, because like, we, we know people that are constantly talking themselves up. I was telling everybody, it drives me crazy, right? Sure. But if you tell people, you know, I, it's not like an act. Like, I honestly don't feel like I should 
be like when I like I sit down with Tim Baltz. I was like, why is Tim Baltz talking to me? Tim Baltz is could do a million things. Like what a what a waste of his time, you know. Like I feel so bad when people are on my show. And yet his episode was amazing. He's uh, awesome. He's so he was awesome. I I like I I love that. I, Tim Baltz is so, so if it wasn't for him talking to you, we wouldn't have that recording of his interview. So it would have happened eventually. You play a pretty integral role, I think. I'm the bookkeeper. That's all. So that's an integral role. I, I mean, guess. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so at one point you basically decided improv not happening for you. You were like you you've given up on it, or or at least you stopped for yeah, the moment. It just there's it's one of those things you have to as the 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 process goes along. You have to. It, it's I looked at it like college. You know, you you take your general ads and you go what what really appeals to me. Yeah. You know, and there's I know so like somebody like Andy St. Clair. Or even like Murdoch or, or Mel or, or Vince, like I, I look at them and I watch them on stage so much, and I go, I can never be that good at that. So instead of being like a, a smart person, being like I'm gonna rise to the challenge, I'm just like I'm not even gonna bother playing. But I can do other things. Yeah. So I I kind of in the last year, like I turned thirty, and I was like, you know, I need to figure something out. Yeah. To, you know, so what what do I what am I all right at? And I'm I'm passable at at video stuff and I'm passable at the podcast so I was just going to throw all my energy into that and out of that I've gotten more opportunities to improvise and I think like Poor Choices we're probably going to do a live show once a month at the Upstairs Gallery nice uh, so like an Armando style show we tried one of those uh, and it was really fun we had all these crazy like you know people showed up and it was insane uh, and like Beth Malewski was there and totally stoked to be there and I was like you're you're on TV <laughs> she's <laughs> On Cash Cab, for people that don't yeah. know Beth Malusky, Cash Cab Chicago. Like, and, like, A.D. Bryant, like, all like Connor Romali, all these great people, and they showed up, and they were stoked to be there. And, and again, I don't know why people give a shit, Rich. Because uh, it's fun. Yeah. I, th- I think I've at least every episode I've heard of yours so far, which I think about six, and every episode I've ever done, people almost always say at the end, oh, this has been really fun. Yeah. And, like, they mean it. Yeah. Uh, because no one wants to hear us, like... If you get a comedian on your show, uh, comedians, you want them to do their bits, but you, no one wants to know them as a person. No. So I was like, when you, when you ask them, like, tell me about you, then they're like, man, this is fun actually being myself. I'm Chris Hansen. <laughs> You're free to leave whenever you want. Okay. And, <laughs> All right. Well, just go oh, God. Uh, oh, oh right, watch your head. head. I just got tasered. We're in a small cabin. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> uh one thing I find pretty fascinating about your show is that if you type in Poor Choices into iTunes, yeah. you're it. Really? Yeah, have oh. you never searched yourself? No, because that would be weird. Is it? Yeah. I, I subscribe to my own podcast. I do just to make sure that it, it gets up. Yeah, that's what I do. Uh, but, like to, When I put it in Living the Dream, I get like a billion hits. Uh, poor Choices, you. We looked. We lucked out. We had a kind of unique name. Where did that come from? Uh, so our first episode, uh, which uh, the first six episodes are not posted anymore they're lost through the sands of time and we're better for it you know it's like totally fair yeah you i, I don't need to you know hear everybody's garage band demos you know like so it's like okay we'll put those away because <laughs> we we what we we first show was like us just shit talking people and i was like that's not i'm not gonna feel i you know like i was very quick i was like a year from now i'm gonna feel bad about all that yeah and i do so i don't put those shows up uh and matt uh, owens at the time said like uh something about a poor choice and i was like you know, it's like when you figure out a, an improv team name, like somebody just says something. Yeah. And you go, that's it. We got it. Poor choices. Yep. And so it, did, it never factored into you that uh, 
the whole searchability of it? Nope. Any of that, I'm an idiot when it comes to like Google Analytics and stuff, like trying to figure out search words and how to tag things properly. Like, it, I do absolutely no marketing. I do it. It is completely word of mouth. It is. It. I. I am inept at marketing. I. I want if if there's ever an agent or anything that wants to get involved in the show, like that would be awesome because I just need somebody to market the show. Sure. I'm terrible. At it. Uh, I mean. And despite that, you've got a lot of listeners. It's a very niche podcast because it's like I don't know if it would appeal to people beyond Chicago. Uh, yeah, we do all right. We do all right. We got lucky, and it, but it wasn't always like that. Like the first show, like six people listened to. Well, yeah, but right? I mean, one hundred thirty-four episodes in, like some people would say that if you still only had six listeners, that it might be silly for you to keep going. But you've garnered. Do you have any idea how many people are listening to your show? Yeah, uh, yeah. Since since kind of the changeover, I started kind of hosting it solo, uh, and I started doing two episodes a week, and really, really try to to up the guests, and not like the quality of guests, but just the, the visibility of the guests, and finding like a, a angles to the show. Yeah. Uh, uh, like five thousand a month, something like that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and I feel really like good, like because it's super niche. Like who give like who gives a shit. Well, uh, five thousand people, right? Apparently, so yeah. and and growing, I bet. Uh, you you hope so. I think every month the numbers the numbers keep going up. Is and I'm not asking this for selfish reasons, but sure. I mean I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, is this is your podcast something that you think? Because I know Mark Marin makes money off his podcast yeah. and on Corolla, and uh, obviously those are kind of the big big guys. But uh, can can you see a way to no. make money? Off I'm I am a total communist punk rock kid, like I'm like just left of of Lenin. Like I, I always I want it to be a resource. I want it to be you know I think, and, and Ricky Gervais showed this. The minute you start charging for for content, you know people don't care. Now maybe somebody comes up with a business model later, it, like a subscription based model with a network or something like that where. You know, if you pay five bucks a month, you have access to all these podcasts, and that's great. But if I, I would never ask people. Like, I, I didn't even want to put out, like, when we did our live, live show, I didn't even want to put a bucket out <laughs> for donations. And, like, A.D. Bryant was like, you have to do this. You're an idiot. Why don't you want people? People want to help you. And I was like, I don't, man, no. <laughs> like, that's that feels wrong because I don't, charging people, all of a sudden there's, like, a responsibility, you know, to people to show up on time and it matters and if i can just do that on my own without charging anybody i feel all right and if i take a month off like i'm taking february off yeah. like i don't have to feel shitty about it whereas if people are paying and like the show doesn't go up they can bitch at you and they can write awful things about you on message boards uh which they're gonna do anyways but then you'd be you know charging them so that's weird but if people write something off awful about you know message board that's still publicity i yeah but i would just rather have everybody be kind of like stoked about what we do of course you know I, I that's the biggest change in my perception of things is that i was i initially i think my first couple of years in chicago was very like fuck them they don't get it man <laughs> like i'm funny and i have something to say and it was just like eventually once i realized like so does everybody else nobody's nobody's against you nobody's holding you back like you just have to go do what's fun hang out with people that you like and work with people that are are good-hearted and it seems so naive and simple when you say that but that that was that's been my attitude for last year and it has fundamentally changed everything. Like, nice. Total success. Like I feel so much better about everything because I just made an effort to be nice and hang out with nice people. There you go. 
which is counter to my nature, Rich. I, you know, we we all appreciate it. I go home and strangle puppies. <laughs> Some it's, puppies need to be strangled. It's an expensive habit. <laughs> <laughs> They're all labradoodles. Oh, well, I hate those crossbreeds. Yeah, I They're mean, mutants. Sure, I get it. Uh, Does uh, the idea of advertising would never appeal? Like, if if I don't know who, but like if yeah. Coca Cola or someone well, said, well, I, I thought like you know if if. If the theaters were smart, like, if you look, I have a, uh, a narrow group of people listening to the show, but they're people that go to shows. Yeah. They're improvisers. Uh, so if you're, like, a bar in the neighborhood, or you've got a show, like, you know, like, because I'll, I'll give my friends plugs, like, yeah. I, you know, because I, I want my friends to do well. Like, Jimmy Pennington put a one-man show up, and I have no problem doing that. So if, like, Second City had, a, you know, the ETC show, or they want to offer promotions, like... I, I kind of wouldn't have an issue with that taking advertising money because yeah. uh, it's the kind of like uh, the Clash model. Like the Clash signed to a giant label and they said, well, we could basically do this by ourselves and no one would ever hear it. Or we could take this corporation's money and then write songs about how awful corporations are. <laughs> so if I could do this exact show I do and take Second City's money or, or somebody's money, like some bar's money, and and that that I like kind of agreed with like their stance on stuff. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I think particularly like someone who would benefit from advertising your show would be like training centers or people coming through with workshops yeah. or stuff like that. For sure, it's my assumption. But what do I know? Yeah. Uh, the there's uh, two questions that I ask every one of my guests, which I'm not sure necessarily apply to you. Sure. But hell, we'll go for it. Right. Um, one thing I always ask is, if there's anything in the world you could do besides what you're doing, could you do it? You know, so if someone's a comedian, is there another job? If if it was out of the entertainment industry, obviously you don't do entertainment for a living, but like, what is kind of a career that you would want? You know, if you uh, could... yeah, I would. Uh, I'd be a chef. Like, okay, I've almost like I, I. It's it's pretty. It would have one way or another that that would have kind of been the thing if i hadn't gone into this yeah yeah so i would totally yeah i would be a chef nice yeah and it seems obvious to me but then again i started a podcast if a 15 year old kid were to ask you hey i want to do what you do essentially saying i want uh to have a really successful podcast what advice would you give them um just be on like be if you say like the show goes up on monday every monday there's a show mm-hmm. and you have to be consistent you know, have a have the things that I've learned about podcasting is that you have uh, uh, say your name at the top, say where your or the show's coming from, say who the guest is, have it about the same length every week, and make sure it's always there so people get in the habit. You know, it needs to be a, a habitual thing. Like my favorite podcast, I know when they come up, and I get antsy uh, when they're they're a couple minutes late. A couple minutes? Wow. Yeah, I'm a weirdo. I'm like, I'm real bad OCD. So, like, I know every Tuesdays the Giant Bomb cast goes up around 6 o'clock. And it's awesome. I look forward to that because then I can go to the gym and I can listen to that. And uh, so just be consistent. You know, yeah. if you're going to do this, offer people a consistent thing. There you go. Make it a habit. Uh, one thing I'm curious about, and if you don't want to talk about this, no. don't yeah. worry about it. Uh, have you ever had an interview, you got done with the interview, and you're like, this isn't really. I'm not proud of this, so I'm not going to put it up. Um, yeah, there's been a couple, uh, and it's more like maybe the guest didn't feel comfortable or I didn't feel comfortable, and I just said, hey, can we take another shot at it? Um, or you know, maybe say something. Say, say, somebody said something, and I thought, like, ah, oh, they're probably not going to want that out there. <laughs> yeah. And then you tell them what they said, and they go, oh, no, I don't want that out there. Because <laughs> yeah, people are donating their time, you know. I want it, I, 
I want to ask people questions and I want real answers, but I don't want to put people in a compromising position. Yeah. You don't want someone quoting your podcast to smear them, be like, he said this. Right. They're a guest. And as such, I always, I always, if you were a guest at my house, you know, you, you offer them something to drink, you give them a comfy chair, you make them feel comfortable because you're taking an hour of their life and asking them really personal questions. You yeah. know, so you, you have to protect the guest. Totally. It's all about the guest. Like, you you know, I've read a lot a lot of books about different interview, you know, how people interview, like Johnny Carson, and I've obsessed with talk shows growing up, you know, and, and you internalize that stuff, and you look at how, how they do it, and they always make the guests look good. Yeah. The good ones. <laughs> you hope. You're doing great. Oh, well, no, I'm not talking about me. Uh, uh, I mean, maybe I am. I don't know. I was just thinking of... I'm a horrible guest, so thank you uh, for ruining your show. Oh, lordy, lordy. I was just thinking, never mind. All right, uh, so obviously we're going to plug your podcast. Sure. So if you type in Poor Choices in iTunes, you get this man, Mark Cullum, and 130, yes. well, 134 episodes, but the first six. So really 128 episodes are at your disposal. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, any favorite ones? You Any any good ones that you want to be like, hey, if you're going to listen to my show for the first time, start out with this one? Um, I would say... Uh, because of, because of, uh, I started out listening to the show by myself and I think the the show kind of fundamentally changed. Yeah. Uh, so my version, my view of what the show actually is, and I'm very proud of the shows I did with Matt Owens and, sure. and I love Matt and I think, I think we had a lot of fun, but I think the show has matured a little bit as much as something done like this can. So anything past kind of August of, uh, of 2010, uh-huh. uh, I, I would give, or no, I guess 2011, uh, yeah. I would give, God, dude, we're Time. gonna, we're gonna die. Well, um, one day. Entropy is uh, entropy is life. Uh, mm. So yeah, twenty eleven, Tim Baltz, Aidy Bryant, uh, uh, some of the, some of uh, some of the Second City people have been really really good. Uh, uh, what's his Mark uh, Lindbergh? Eric Lindbergh. Eric Lindbergh. Mark Lindbergh was a photo manager I worked with on ships. Interesting. Yeah, Eric Lindbergh. He was real fun. Uh, any of the Jason Chins. Jason Chin is my uh, my best guest. He's my uh, 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 Charles Grodin. <laughs> uh, whenever I get in trouble, I go Chin. I send up the Chin flag. I think that's everybody's feeling on podcasting. It's like if I'm in trouble, I call Chin because uh, I think. How Jason, many have you done with him? I've done three of those. I think I've been on other podcasts with him. Uh, I think Jason Chin is, uh, and you're friends with him. Oh, I think absolutely. Jason Chin is one of the great unsung heroes of Chicago, and is the heart of Chicago in a lot of ways. He's great. I remember I, when I started listening to Stupid Nerd, which I think was the first podcast I ever subscribed to. I would always look forward to the ones where he was on, which were a lot. Yeah. Because uh, that's a nerdy man. He loves it. And <laughs> I, I, I really do. He's, you know, he's so nice to younger improvisers. And so many people, you know, from the show, when I talk to him, their first show or the first thing that they really got to do was with Jason. Like, he's so helpful. Yeah. And so many people aren't. And that's I think that's changed a lot in Chicago. I think actually a lot of people are helpful now. But uh, Chin has always been there for people. So I'll uh, big props to yeah, that's this one's for you, Jason. All right. Oh, cool. Uh, we'll go to poor choices. Is there anything else you want to plug? You got any uh, YouTube videos you want to share with us? Or? Uh, I have a Vimeo channel. You can see all the dumb short movies I do with my friends. Oh, great. Uh, I'm feeling good about those. Uh, uh some stuff. An hour with your ex. Uh, with uh, with uh, the lovely Mel Evans. Oh yeah, the, I forgot to talk. We haven't talked much about that, but that's a really. I've been listening to that as well. So that's we we each pick uh one week. She picks something, and next week I pick something, and we argue about it. It's a panel show. But uh, I, I love her a whole lot, and uh, we get to argue uh, for entertainment, and so then we don't have to argue in real life. Yeah, right. And I mean, if you are interested in the movie or TV show that you guys are talking about, you really break it down Some in a pretty entertaining way. If you like Downton Abbey, 
listen to that show. Or Alien, or, you know, there's... Right, I try to sneak sneak them in there, but if you like, it's really the Downton Abbey. We're a Downton Abbey podcast. I don't know who we're fooling. Totally fair. Uh, what's your? How do we find your Vimeo channel? Do we just yeah, just Mark Cool and Vimeo. Uh, just okay. plug that in, or my Facebook page, and uh, it's it's all easy to find. What do you have? Plug something. What do you got to plug? <laughs> uh, I plug. You're gonna be um, on the Port Choice to show when you back to Chicago. I will be. Uh, so sometime in April yeah. or or May or whenever whatever, you can get there. Whenever you? we'll make we'll figure time. that out. Yeah. So you're, looking forward to. That. I can't wait to talk to you because. Yeah, know, no one really knows much about. If I, I was kind of re-listening some of my podcasts, and I was like, man, I am a stranger to a lot of my guests. Like, I put it. I was like a simple little thing about like when I do comedy, but but other than that, like I'm just a questioner. Isn't that like you feel bad of like when you you do that thing of like, oh, I have the same experience, and I I want to share a little bit of it, so we, you know that we're kind of peers, but I don't want to be like, yeah, because uh, I'm not. You know, well, because as and as an interviewer, you get this too, but it's like I'm super cognizant about trying not to share much, yeah, and be like. So, when I do comedy, this happens. So, what do you do? You know, try and turn it back to them as soon as I can. Because you assume, like, your guests are experts, like, in their... You've had them all... I, like, I always try to find an angle. Like, one or two questions that if I can get these questions, it'll be a good interview. And then, yeah. you know, like... So, I, I won't have anybody on until I kind of find the angle on them. <laughs> uh, which is creepy. And then I, I take photos of people when they're oh. sleeping. So, I have some excellent... Yeah. I've got a triptych uh, of you and Vlad that I've done. It's wow. really charming. Vlad's my roommate on the boat, everybody. Um, That's, he's not like my lover or anything. <laughs> okay. All right. Whatever you want to call it. Oh, boy. This has been, this has been really revealing. All right. <laughs> who, who really was interviewed here, Rich? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not even sure anymore. I'm right. not even sure, but I like it. Welcome to the Fourth Choice Show, everybody. <laughs> 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 I am my Stop Son of a bitch. I'm Chris Hansen. Oh, God. All right, everyone. Uh, Mark Holm, uh, go, go find his uh, podcasts, yeah. plural, uh, An Hour With Your Ex, and Poor Choices. They're both really great to listen to, and go to his Vimeo channel. Thanks. Thank you, Mark Holm. Thanks. Living the dream. Big thank you to Phil Ranta and the Comedy Podcast Network, Tom Burns for the artwork, or Diana Lawrence for the music. Email me, livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com, or go to facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. If you haven't done so already, just subscribe on iTunes. Leave a comment, rate the show, that helps a lot. Like the Facebook page. Next week's episode, I speak with two professional improvisers. Working with me at C, it's Mel Evans and Jeff Murdoch. Thanks for listening. My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream. <laughs>